Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. Today I'm going to start a new series entitled Letters. We're going to be talking about what is known in theological circles as the Pauline Letters. These are the letters the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the different churches of his day. Uh, Today, I'm going to teach really fast because I've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, But just before I do, um, I don't know who found that picture of me to put that picture of me with the horns uh, in the money pot, but whoever that is will be found out and you will be dealt with accordingly. Uh, That is... That was a family picture. Uh, we were at a theme park, and I just put it on to show my kids, and somebody snapped a picture. Can't trust anybody these days. I've got it narrowed down to one of four people. And uh, whoever they are, you will be dealt with. So, uh, yes, sir, payback comes around. Um, and I get a microphone every week, so prepare yourselves. Today I want to talk to you about the Book of Romans. Uh, before I get into this... Um, How many of you have been watching current events and uh, you've noticed some parallels between current events and maybe some things you've read about in the Bible? Uh, Guys, can I just tell you, I want to preach with urgency today, uh, but I want to preach with a good energy because I want you to understand the king is coming. I said the king is coming. Yeah. Um, When I was a kid, that scared me to death. I said, God, please don't come before I get married. Right? God, please don't come before I get out of my parents' house. God, please don't come. And fill in the blank. And then I would say, please don't come when I'm backslidden. Or please don't come when I have failed you. Please don't. Well, then as I began to develop my understanding of grace, I understood that first my salvation was secure because his cross is sufficient for my sins. Amen. Uh, and so my, my thought and my process began to shift based on the rapture. Can I tell you, Uh, the rapture is a beautiful thing for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is a thing of pure chaos for those who are not. Uh, And today, uh, I want to show you some parallels that I found uh, just in the last couple of days, really, uh, between end-time events in the book of Romans um, and how Rome was a very unique group of people because they had authority. If you were a Roman citizen, you had authority. Uh, If you were from Rome, you knew there were certain protections. Can I tell you, it's very similar to what you and I have. When you travel around the world as an American, there's certain legal power that you have. They don't want to mess with Americans because they know our government will come in and cloud up and rain on them if they mess with us too much, right? We have this huge backing of this empire, What would you do if I told you that the Roman Empire is still active today in our current governments? What would you do? Now, follow me just for a second. Are you telling me, Pastor Josh, you tell me that Rome never ended? No, no, what I'm telling you is, is that Western civilization is built on the concept that built Rome. What I'm telling you is that this past week, I've been studying the book of Daniel, and in Daniel chapter 2 and in Daniel chapter 7, There are two unique times under two unique kings 
where Daniel had to interpret dreams that both ended with Rome still being in power when Christ called his church home. Now, has the rapture happened yet? No, because we're still here, right? However, this book of Daniel speaks of, in the first uh, chapter two, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream about this image that had four parts, it's four empires, the last of which was made of iron. Why is that significant? Because the Roman Empire crushed everything it touched. They did not ask questions, they did not harbor uh, any kind of foolishness. They just came in, they crushed everything, they took control, they took power. By the time we get to the toes of this creature that is being uh, seen in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it's a mixture of iron and clay. It speaks to a people that started with this absolute steel resilience. And by the end of it, there was a collection of people from all over the world that made that empire. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like a melting pot to me. Can I tell you that scripture in Daniel chapter 2 goes on to say that this empire will exist until the eternal kingdom is established. Has the eternal kingdom been established yet? No. That means that if Rome has started back in, whatever, 2,400 years ago, that it's still in operation today. Well, how? Can I tell you, our government is based on Rome's government. Over in the, uh, Great Britain, it's based on Rome's government. A lot of the ideas and characteristics of Western civilization developed from the empire of Rome. You and I have to understand these things because when it's interpreted in a dream, uh, God a lot of times will not just spell it out in such a way. He'll leave it for us to go and dig up and interpret what's happening. You can take this and parallel it into Revelation where it talks about a dragon and it compares the same dragon to uh, Daniel chapter 7 where there is a beast, the fourth beast, the fourth empire that came out of the water, had ten horns. We see this again in Revelation. This is the empire that is in power at the end of times, the end of days. You and I are in the end of days. You said, well, Pastor Josh, you want some crazy stuff this morning. Can I tell you something? If I preach this with anything other than the urgency it deserves, you deserve a better pastor. If you don't think you're in the end of days, go look in the book. Revelation chapter 16, it tells us in the last days that the Euphrates River will dry up. Go look what happened three weeks ago. For 10,000 years, that river has flown with nothing but water from the glaciers. And now it is dry. And the Bible that you read or you should be reading every day warns you about it. And it warns you about it over 1,900 years ago. I ask you, is the Bible true, yes or no? Yes. Friends, we're in the last days. Go on and continue to read in Revelation chapter 16. It talks about the great dragon of the east starting to open up pathways and, and creating uh, relationships with other kings. 
Can I tell you something? If you go look in the go 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 look at what happened three weeks ago, China brought Saudi Arabia and Iran together for the first time. Go look at how Russia has dedicated all of their natural resources to China's game. Friend, can I tell you, this is not now reading with expectation that someday it might happen. You can read it and go find it in the newspaper that day. Church, we are in a time period that the Bible talks about more, even more than the days that Christ walked on the earth. Why does the Bible put such emphasis on it? Because I believe the greatest revival is about to take place. That God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And if you and I don't understand it, if we don't see the timing of it, we'll miss it. We'll miss it. Why is it imperative that I teach the way I'm teaching today? When Paul wrote the letter to the Roman church, the same problems that were in the Roman Empire then are still problems in the Roman Empire today. They had been given over to the lust of the flesh. They'd been given over to pride and selfishness. Can I tell you, if you read about the, the Roman uh, Empire just before they really met their, their match and their crash, or, or, or so they would say, because I think it's really still going as you compare it to prophetic uh, uh, times, we are right where they were. They started denying righteousness for things of the flesh. For self-gratification, they gave up obedience to God. Idolatry was run amok. Why am I telling you this today? I want you to be educated and I want you to know that the book of Romans is for today. That it applies to your life today. What was the prescription for Rome? You see, a lot of times Paul writes a letter and the Holy Spirit gives him a prescription for the problem of the society to which he's writing. Paul wrote to Rome and with the complexity of their issues, he gave them the most simplistic gospel unto salvation. Frank, can I tell you, I don't care how complicated the world tries to make it. The gospel that we preach is simple. The gospel that we preach is so simple. But why have we complicated it? Why have we made it something that not everybody can share in? Can I tell you, it's time to go back to the simplicity of the gospel. It's time to preach Jesus and him crucified. You see, if we truly are at the end of days, which I believe we are, if we truly are at the end of days, then I believe what God is going to do is he's going to use the simpleness of the gospel to reach millions. So today, I want to teach you about Romans as it applies to you today. Uh, I was talking to Maddie, my daughter, um, several weeks back. And we were talking about heaven and what it's going to be like and how we're going to be able to go and have conversation with people who were um, 
I've got to get my reading glasses on here. Um, how we're going to be able to go and meet people. And, you know, Paul's always one of the ones I want to go meet. You know, this dude took a beat down for the gospel and just kept on. He's like the Energizer Bunny, just kept on ticking, right? Well, then it dawns on me while I'm talking to Maddie. She was saying how she wanted to go see, go, go talk to King David about his worship. You know, Maddie's a worshiper. And then it dawned on me, Maddie, what's going to happen is, is we're going to get to heaven and they're going to run to us. And they're going to say, tell us what it was like in those last days. Tell us what it was like when people had been turned over to minds of reprobation and there was such a clear line drawn in the sand that darkness came against light, but it could not overcome it. You see, the Bible speaks more about the season that you and I are living right now than it does about any other time period. Why? I said it earlier, I'll say it again, because there is a necessity of emphasis so that you and I respond accordingly, that we don't take it light. You see, if we don't take this the way it's supposed to be taken, if we don't put the emphasis on this, that it's supposed to be placed, we will keep on just waiting for Dancing with the Stars on Tuesday nights. We'll keep on just checking Facebook as if life goes on forever. We'll keep on just working, paying bills, waiting to die. Frank, can I tell you, there's a higher purpose for your life. It's to make an eternal impact with the simple truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to be weird. I don't need you to get a bullhorn and go stand on the corner of 85 and 90. But you know what I do need you to do? The people that you know, tell them about Jesus. The people that you have relational equity with, share with them the goodness of God. Talk openly about his goodness. Can I tell you, I know a lot of us are under a lot of pressure right now. Life Prices of eggs, for Pete's sake, prices of fuel, things are putting pressure on us. Why? To keep our focus off what's really happening. And what's really happening are the final signs of the times are being checked off day by day by day, and our media will not cover it. Why? Could it be the prince of this world does not want us paying attention? Boy, Pastor Josh starting to sound like a crazy man. You know what? You can call me crazy if you want to. Just don't call me late to the rapture. Hello. I preach this with an urgency for you today because I want you to leave here realigned. I want you to realign yourselves that your job is not to make more money, to get another raise, to get another promotion, to buy another car, to get a better house, to get a better so-and-so, another vacation. Wrong. Your purpose is to be a carrier of the gospel of Jesus and to share that wherever you go. You know, you are not at your job, contrary to popular belief, you were not placed there just to get a paycheck. You're there on mission. You're there to make a difference, to share the gospel. You're, you're not in the school that you're in for no reason, students. You're there to let your light shine to make a difference. Mothers, you're not 
trapped at home with the little ones by accident. You're there to let the light shine out of you into them so that if the Lord delays his coming, they will be tiny beacons of hope and light when we release them out into this world. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. Let's talk about Romans just for a second. Here's some interesting facts about the book of Romans. It was written in 57 AD from Corinth in Greece. It's the 45th book of the Bible, the sixth book of the New Testament. It's one of 21 epistles. It's the sixth of Paul's 13 books. There's 16 chapters, 433 verses, 9,447 words in the New King James. It's widely regarded as Paul's greatest work. It reveals the expanse of the Christian network of the day as Paul greets 26 people by name in a congregation he had never visited. Think about that just for a second. He had never been there. But he knew the work of the church so well that he congratulates and thanks. 26, some people say 27 people. There's a hyphenation in there. But 26 or 27 people, he thanks them by name. Can I tell you, God had a network long before Google had one. When you look up the most popular verses searched in Romans, you get Romans 3.23. And how apropos, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The main theme of Romans is simple. It's the gift of righteousness through the faith in Christ. There is a common thread that I need you to see today. Rome had the same problems that you have today. Yes, technology was a little bit different. Yes, the time on the clock and the calendar was a little bit different. But the lust of the flesh were still the same. The desire to have more, still there. The desire to uh, self-promote, it was there. They just didn't have the tools we have today like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and all these things. Why am I telling you this? Because I want you to understand that when Paul went in on the church of Rome, everything he said applies to you here today. Everything. Why is that important? Because that same prescription that turned Rome on fire for the kingdom can set Crestview ablaze today. That same simple gospel that changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of its day can still change you today. I want to empower you today. If I don't do anything else, I want to empower you to understand that the gospel of man is complicated. But the gospel of the Bible is not. Man has complicated it. I'll never forget. I grew up in a church where you couldn't wear a hat. It's a true story. Couldn't wear a hat to church. I love that hat. I really do. I love that hat. Rob, I love your hat. You know why? It represents freedom to me. It represents that Christ it's just bigger than a man's concern. 
I was raised in a church where women had to wear dresses. I wish somebody would tell Wendy now she couldn't wear jeans to church. <laughs> Be some drama, I'm telling you. She wouldn't tolerate it. So when I look around, I see how things have changed. I see women wearing pants, and I see all these things. You say, when were you raised? Like 1,800? No, baby, I was born in 79. This is, this is like current. There's still churches that believe this stuff. And here's the sickest part about it. They will not share with you the gospel until you come correct to their house. How gross. How gross. Can I tell you, may we always be a church where everybody can belong before they can believe. Amen. You are welcome here. Just the fact that you don't know Jesus, baby, that's okay. Where are you going to meet him if you can't come in here? There has to be a simplicity. If I have judged you by the way you look before you get through the door, what hope is there? of me ever garnering any kind of relational equity with you in a way that you would trust me. If I have offended you before you know me, the devil wins. The devil wins. I don't, let me just talk for a second. How many, why are we so shocked that there's offense in church? Can I tell you, if, if I'm in a baking competition and I know somebody's got better chocolate chip cookies than me, the first thing I'm going to do is sneak in there and I'm going to dump a ton of salt in them cookies. <laughs> While they're blending them up, I'm going to sneak in. Mm, am I looking? Okay, let's go put some rock salt in these bad boys. Why? Because I don't want that to be successful. Can I tell you, that is what offense is. God has a prescription that's very simple for salvation. And the enemy comes in and he goes, you know what, let's do this. Let's, let's sprinkle this stuff called offense in it. Let, let's put this bitter thing in it. So that way, when people bite off into it, instead of seeing the sweet simplicity, they say, I never want to bite into that again. I don't want to taste that. I don't even want to go in that kitchen. There's something off in there. You see, the enemy tries to grow a fence and to keep pace. As the kingdom grows, he tries to add offenses. And you see, the kingdom's growing. You know why I know the kingdom's growing? Because the world is so easily offended today. You can't say nothing on Facebook without offending somebody. Try me. Try me. Try me. My 15-year-old went to prom last night. I promise you somebody said, he's done a good to dances. I said, his daughter goes to dances? Oh, my God, what kind of pastor? Oh, my God. What kind of, what kind of man of God would allow? His daughter, did you see the, the slit to her dress? You can see her kneecap for Pete's sake. 
oh my God. This is not a holy man. This must be a house of repute, this, this Hope City place. Can I tell you, if you look for it, you'll find the fence. You can always find something. But who's glad Jesus ain't looking for it? Jesus is up there and he's praying and interceding for you, for the lost. And he's saying, just one more Hope City. Just go get one more today. Just love somebody. Just get somebody else to come through the door to get another high five, another hug, another handshake. Just go get one more to come. And you don't have to change them. I said, you don't have to change them. The gospel is powerful enough without you. God does not need our help to clean the fish. He said, baby, if you will lift my name up, I will draw all men unto myself. Why am I preaching with this passion today? Because I see the clock ticking. And then I see stupid stuff in churches. The place you should be able to go to be safe. And instead of finding safe salvation and simplicity of the gospel, we're finding complications that Jesus never had a thing to do with. He said, I don't care. Bring your hat, bring every hat you got. Ladies, put on 15 pair of jeans and waddle yourself into church. <laughs> Can I tell you, I don't care how you come. I just ask you to come. I don't care how you get them here. You ain't got to get them here. Just find some place that'll love them and go get them plugged in somewhere. Time is short, friends. Time is short. And I don't want it to be said about my ministry that I didn't put the right emphasis on it. When I read the Bible, I read a love story. It's a love story that we see over and over and over again. Whether it's Abraham and Isaac, whether it's Moses and the children of Israel, whether it's Noah and the ark and the door's closing and there's people begging, but now it's just too late. That door stayed open. It took him a hundred years to build that boat. The door was open the whole time. Friend, can I tell you, there's going to be a time where it's too late. But that time is not now. There is still time for you to share the gospel. What does this have to do with the book of Romans? I'm so glad you asked. There have probably been more people saved to verses in Romans than any other book of the Bible. There is this thing that I remember my uncle telling me, my uncle Charles telling me when I was a kid, he said, have you ever heard the Roman road to salvation? I said, no, no, I hadn't. He said, man, you need to go study that. I said, man, I do need to go study that. And then I went home and I forgot about it. And then years later, a guy, I was in uh, one of these college uh, meetings and a guy gets up there named Noble Bowman. And he begins to preach, and 
Uh, Noble, if you hear this, I'm praying for you. Keep preaching. And he preached this simple gospel that I had not heard. You see, I was taught that I had to clean myself before I could go to God. That I had to polish my unkept spirit before I went to him. And I heard these people teaching this beautiful, simple gospel. And it changed everything for me. And it's found in Romans. And today I want you to get this. I'm going to read this to you. And then I'm going to equip you. And I'm going to turn you loose with this. Because I want you to go and I want you to be teachers of a simple gospel. There's just four quick points I've got. I'm going to read them fast. Number one, the Roman road addresses a problem. It's the human problem. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Friend, there's a problem with your humanity. You were born into sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You may be here today and you have not accepted Christ. Can I tell you, it doesn't make you a bad person, but you are not qualified yet to go into an eternity in heaven without Jesus. He is the only qualifier there's ever been and the only one there ever will be. It's simply this. Do you know Jesus? Let's keep looking. The second thing is the human's hope. We got a problem, but there's hope. Romans chapter five, verse eight says, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wait a second, that don't quite line up with how some of y'all was raised in church, does it? That he loved you while you were still in your sin? Whoa, what an epiphany. That a perfect God can have a perfect love for you even while you fail? What? Where was that when I was a kid? When I was 17, I, I started to walk away from the faith because I knew I couldn't live up to it. This is simple. You can't do it on your own, so he did it for you. It's that simple. And he demonstrated his love. Demonstrated his love. How? On the cross, baby. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So we've dealt with the problem. We've exposed the hope. Now, this is where the human response has to come in. Point number three is the human response. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Just give me a second. I'm sorry. I weep for myself. 
because I lost so many years with my Heavenly Father because I was afraid of Him. Don't be foolish like me. Find Jesus in the simplest form. He loves you. Verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Friend, it's simple. If you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, that's it. You ain't got to go talk to no priest. You ain't got to set an appointment to shake a pastor's hand. Your ticket is punched. Do you believe? Have you confessed? Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of the gospel today. It just keeps getting better and better. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't buy this mess that there's limited atonement. Don't, 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 don't get me started now. We can have some debate on Calvinism. We can talk about it. But I want to tell you, I can show you at least 15 scriptures that says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That doesn't mean as long as you're on the list, if you call, there's no asterisks. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to salvation. That's what the scripture says. What does all mean? Baby, all is all that's ever meant. All is all. All is everybody, everything, and everything in between all. A-L-L, just like the detergent, all. Why am I telling you that? Because there's all kind of crazy theology out there right now that's telling you, well, God selected certain people for salvation before time began. They got one verse they stand on and they misconstrue that. And it has no place in the house of God to be taught. Can I tell you if that's true? Save your tithe money because there's no reason to, to go tell anybody about Jesus. It's already done. Why are we sending money over to Africa? Why are we sending... Uh, 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 Dusty, why are you even going to Peru? Well, now, Dusty, hang on. If what some of these pastors on YouTube are telling us, you're wasting your time. That people's already been selected. Can I tell you, there is an urgency in heaven for all people to know Christ. And we've got to feel that in us. Come on, let's keep moving. I got to close. Number four, the result of salvation. Romans chapter five, verse one and two. Therefore, having been justified by faith. What faith? The faith to speak it and believe it. The faith to confess it and believe it. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Lastly, I give you this, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them that believe. (laughs) 
in the last four and a half minutes, we walked the entire Roman road. There is nothing outside of what I just gave you in four minutes that leads you to salvation. Baby, you can't add to it. You can't take nothing from it. It's as simple as the day Paul penned it, and it is for today. The same problems that afflicted mankind then still afflict us today. This Roman Empire thing has some teeth. When you start comparing what was going on, even in the politics of the day, it lines up exactly with what's going on now. Can I tell you, we have to be focused on the scripture so the Lord can reveal to us what's happening. Can I tell you, the Bible says that no man knows the day nor the hour, but can I tell you, you can know the season. You can know the season. And you, you mark it down. You ever come to, to my house and me and my family's gone, you know what happened. You don't have to jump through hoops. Man, you ain't got to, you ain't got to polish yourself up. Can I tell you, Jesus wants you just the way you are. He said, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden. This world is heavy, man. He said, just in the weight of the world and the problems that you have and the struggles that you face, come on and see me. He said, I don't care how you come, just as long as you come. That's grace. That's the beautiful simplicity of the gospel. Are you grateful for it today? Stand up on your feet. I want to pray for you. I ordered these this week because I want to put a tool in your hand. This is the Roman road. You might remember tracks. I'll tell you, I know a lot of people got saved through tracks. I remember sitting on my dad's shoulders. He walking down Bourbon Street him handing out tracts back in the early 80s. And people taking them, balling them up and throwing them on the ground. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what they do with them. My, my dad's job was done. Let me tell you what this is. Six verses. Six verses that are everything you will ever need to know for salvation right there. Right there. Why well, do I want to equip you? Time is short. Time is short. Can I tell you, if we're really looking at it, nothing else has to happen for the rapture to happen. We don't have to qualify. Nothing else has to take place. The Lord can call his church home right now. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to put a little urgency in your heart. That you'll take this, read it, study it. Maybe learn a few verses. But if for nothing else, keep it in your purse. Man, keep it in your pocket. Stick it in your truck. Stick it in your car. So that way, when the window, and I said when, not if, when the window opens to share the gospel, you don't have to fumble it. You got it right there. It's simple. And it walks you down the Roman road to salvation. It's not complicated. Thank God it's not complicated. It's so simple. The Bible says a child could lead them through it. So my prayer is that we will grab hold 
of this concept of time is short. That the book of Romans, go read it. I didn't have time to give you all these verses. If you want to go study this, man, go study. If you have questions, you can always email me. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, and the book of Romans. You'll have an epiphany light up. Your paradigm will shift. Because the book of Romans, yes, it was written for them. But it is more valuable to us now than ever before. Do you believe it? Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us the way you do. Lord, if there's somebody here who doesn't know you uh, and you have pricked their heart for salvation, uh, would you just have them have the faith, Lord, to come down and, and let us pray for them after? Just give them the, the urgency to come down to get the simple truth of the gospel. Father, for everybody else, I pray that you would set us on fire to, to show how simple this gospel is, that we don't, we don't complicate it. But Lord, use us to share it in such a, 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 a tender and loving way that it compels people. Lord, let us love the way you love. Let us see what you see. And uh, we'll give you praise for it. I pray lastly you'd bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. Father, tear down all the complications that men have made between you and sinners. Just remove them. Just tear them down. Father, help us to teach a simple gospel. A simple gospel. I thank you, Lord. You'll bring us back next week with more wisdom and your word locked away in our heart. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.